I'm making an executive decision. Uh oh. We're moving into the summer. I think this summer we're gonna cover just summer movies. Summer movies slash kids in danger. Sweep the lick. You have a problem with that. Welcome to the Project Gen X Retro Summer Series 2022. Sarah, beware. I have been generous up until now, but I can be cruel. Starting in May and ending in August, we will review the summer movies from our youth that include Tron. I still don't understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. If I got in far enough, I could reconstruct it. Adventures in Babysitting. Don't fuck with the babysitter. The Goonies. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. Back to the Future. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again. Heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? And so much more. We talked into the night. The kind of talk that seemed important until you discover girls. If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. Along the way, we will also sprinkle in some non-movie goodness that will remind us what it was like to be a kid when the socks were high, the shorts were extra short, and there wasn't a cell phone to be seen. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. Who wants to call somebody? So sit back and join Big Dave, Barry, and myself, Alan Smith, to relive the magic of the 80s and the retro summer. All right, thank you. Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry! And today we have a very special uh, guest host who Barry and I and Dave are all very, very happy yes. to have here. Please introduce yourself to our fans. Hi, I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm a million years old. <laughs> I think you're the youngest person in this Actually, group right I do now. think you are the youngest one on this chat. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, that is really rare for me. Well, we uh, figured... We figure we give you a little different experience this time, so you know. I know it's one of those things from listening, you know, every week to thirty twenty ten, and you know that coming up every once in a while. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm, I'm older. I remember yeah. so yeah. much more of this. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm looking fifty right in the face. Yeah, yeah. So. March, so. yeah well, my problem is I'm one of those thirteen going on thirty type people. So like, for example, we just talked about Unforgiven. Yes, and yes, you did. It's like. Yeah, I was. I had watched all Sergio Leone movies. I had seen the oh, Man yes. of No Name trilogy. I'm 15, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What yes. are, isn't that what other 15 year olds are doing? Come <laughs> Absolutely. On. Yeah. I, I was the Stephen King horror movie guy at 15. Right. So. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was still stuck in adolescence at that point. I'll admit it. So, so. Well, and just, not that anything's changed at almost 50, but you know. And, and just a little quick background on this, um, as Diana, you know, we did our our little um, marathon grouping with four different podcasts oh the yes, the yes. Tournament. Oh, yeah the tournament yeah and uh and i reached out to you to to kind of get your input on this and the fact that uh, you gave us mad props for actually talking about sfw yeah which, uh, oh, i was a little miffed that you guys kind of wrote off heathers which is what i'm well, sorry uh, that's that's my fault that was dave that's okay. dave sorry <laughs> <laughs> but well, but then know, the sfw love was like oh my you know, god 
that was that was one of those things when we put that together and, and like we heard from the other podcast you know yes. especially from uh, the gen x grown-ups guys immediately of like you son of a bitch <laughs> the second round in this is putting like our favorite movies against each other i was like yeah you have to kill your darlings yeah in which, this thing is which child do you want to shoot you know <laughs> yeah. yeah and we did just drop um a, a full episode about sfw last week and we Ooh. did we gushed for a full hour yeah. on the movie so <laughs> yeah. it was just <laughs> a good solid 20 minutes just on the soundtrack yeah so no joke. yeah so. <laughs> but this uh this episode we are in uh we're right well we're we're on the backside of our retro yes. summer 2022 and uh this week we're going to be covering the 1982 is it 82 or 83 83, 83, 83. i can never remember 83 movie risky business yes. and um yeah we all have thoughts yeah. i think so. <laughs> it's just, it just shows where where my brain goes uh, like it, it really, I feel like I'm really show, showed my age when you guys were like, "Oh, we're doing a series about '80s movies where someone's home alone," and I was like, "Risky business? Yeah, not yeah. home alone. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not no, no, not no. home alone." My brain alone. immediately was like, yeah. "Wait, okay, so there's a movie about a kid who's." home alone in the Chicago suburbs in mm -hmm. a big house, mm -hmm. and he's being menaced by a small Italian man. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be uh, fair, though. Daniel Stern was only in one of these movies. so Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, would you like to give us a rundown of I'll people? I'll give you the stats. And Diana, feel free to jump in here anywhere you want to you want to comment. So, Absolutely. Because uh, we, we talk over each other all the time. Yeah. In mm -hmm. fact, if you don't, we're going to be a little disappointed. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, Risky Business, directed by Paul Brickman. You know him better from two of my favorite movies, Deal mm -hmm. of the century oh and bad news bears too bad oh. news bears in breaking training yeah baby oh yes um bad news bears another one of those movies that i know yeah. that they did they did remake unfortunately yes but the original script could never be oh no today it could be no. released today. Uh, <laughs> produced by the geffen film company uh distributed by warner brothers uh, as you said it was released in 83 mm -hmm. original budget on this puppy was 6.2 million Final box office, 68.5 million. Ten times Ooh. what the pull was on this thing. And when it finally got to VHS, because this is pretty early VHS times, mm -hmm. but oh, yeah. this one cleaned up on VHS. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a quick rundown on the cast. And again, to, to use your phrase, Alan, this is the murderer's row. Yes. This I, thing had a bunch of, hey, it's that guy. When I was rewatching this last night, I yes. forgot who all was in this movie. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, in our lead role, Joel Goodson, mm -hmm. played by... Old TC himself. Some guy named Tom Cruise. Tommy Cruise. Uh, He's not going to amount to nothing. Nah, and, we never, and we never heard from him again. Yes. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, okay, so originally the, the people that were up for this role, and this is the part that trips me out because one of these is going to stand out like a sore freaking thumb. Okay. Hmm. Sean Penn, Gary Sinise, Kevin Bacon, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, and Tom Hanks. I want to see a world where Tom Hanks plays Joel Goodson. That's a totally different movie. That there. is Absolutely. a totally different movie. <laughs> I can see it. I'm thinking what what 83 Tom Hanks looked like, like when he was on Family Ties. Bachelor, you know, bachelor Party. Yes. Party. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or a Bosom it. Buddies, you know, yep. that era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, playing Lana, mm -hmm. uh, Rebecca DeBornay, mm -hmm. best known from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. One of my Among other things. A lot of other movies. Yeah. But, um, originally up for this, though, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> oh yes 
I, know, I could see that. I could definitely coming see off it. of Greece too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this was yeah. is this this post Scarface also, or is this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. I can never get my dates right on Scarface. So. And playing Guido the Killer Pimp, <laughs> I still love just that's that's my favorite thing to say right yeah. there. Joey pants. Joey pants. <laughs> Yes. Joe Pantoliano. With God. hair. Yes. With <laughs> well, he and it's not a rug, it. right? No, it's <laughs> not a rug this time. Ah, looks like it's right. <laughs> I don't wear a hair piece. Yeah. Oh, wait, wrong movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playing Mr. Goodson, uh, an actor by the name of Nicholas Pryor. Mm -hmm. He was in one of my favorite movies, The Gumball Rally. Oh, okay. yes. Okay. Precursor to Cannonball Run. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm sorry. It's got Raul Julia driving a Ferrari. What more do you need? <laughs> Um, hey, Raul Julia in anything. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Goodson was played by Janet Carroll. Janet was more of a Broadway actress. Yeah. She did a ton of stuff on Broadway. Didn't really have much of a movie career, but more definitely Broadway stuff. Um, playing Bill Rutherford, the uh, the man that comes to the house to uh, interview Joel. Yes. Was Richard, I can't even pronounce this, is it Mazer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, <laughs> he was in License to Drive. Played the dad in License. Oh, that's drive. right, he did. I knew uh, I was also in. I think it was. Was it My Girl Two? Uh, Played the the, 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 the My Girl My Girl Two. I can't remember. Um, but he was also in the TV show Rhoda. Right. Um, oh wow! Playing in, uh, it wasn't he? He was in the yes. first version of it. Yes, he was. Yeah. Look at oh, Diana that's pulling one right. already. That is yeah. right. Yeah. Now, now he's one of those like, hey, it's that guy. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a ton of those in here. Playing Miles. Dalby, Darby, something like that. Miles. Yeah. Curtis. <laughs> Curtis Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong. In his Booker. first yes. role. Yes. This is his first what? role. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Charles yeah. DeMar. That's all I, I will always, he will always be <laughs> Charles DeMar for me. Yeah. Um, continuing on this, we've got Barry. Yes. Barry. Bonson Pinchot. Yes, he was. The precursor to, uh, to. Go ahead. I know yeah, you want to. Perfect Strangers. But the thing was, that was the one I forgot that he was in this. Yep. Like, well, yeah, in that scene, that poker scene at the mm -hmm. beginning, I was like, yeah. oh, oh my God, look how young he is. Well, <laughs> when, when he showed up, I was like, it's Balky. Yes. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's Serge. It's Serge. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, uh, so. Wow, we're already off topic. Okay, playing Vicky. That, that happens a lot. So. <laughs> Shara Denise, which is the former wife of Peter Falk. What? Yes. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. She was actually in several episodes of Columbo, but she is the former wife of Peter Falk. No way. Uh, playing Glenn. Good on Peter Falk. Was Raphael <laughs> Starge. Uh, the, he was known in uh, Once Upon a Time. He was in that series. Mm -hmm. But you boys will probably know him better from being the voices of Mass Effect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As Dave spits out his coffee. <laughs> that one wow. got Dave. Really? <laughs> Tell me, I didn't do my homework. There you go. You know? nice. Barry <laughs> always comes in with like an encyclopedia full of knowledge. On well, stuff, yeah, usually so they're gonna shut me up. <laughs> um, so playing Jackie was Bruce A. Young. Uh, he was from the Sentinel. Chuck was Kevin Anderson from Sleeping with the Enemy. Yes, that guy from Sleeping with the Enemy is in this movie. Re the boyfriend. Nice guy? Yeah, I the did, boyfriend. Wow, I did not put those oh, together. Oh, I did not. He was one of those like I know him from somewhere. Yeah, but. hey, it's that oh, guy. Yeah. That's all right, Diana. Hopefully, this one will impress you. Playing the business right. teacher was Nathan Davis from Flowers like, in the yes, Attic. I did recognize <laughs> that one. I was like, wow. And it <laughs> took me a minute because I kept going. I know this guy from somewhere. I know why, why am I? Why, why, why? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, yep. oh, yeah. In the flashback scene, the babysitter was played by Anne Lockhart. Uh, she was Lieutenant Shelba in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, mm -hmm. the first one. Yes, the second one. yeah, oh, the, original. Original. the original, the original. And 
making her film debut in the smallest cameo you could possibly imagine as call girl mm -hmm. Megan Mullally. Yes, I saw that in oh, the credits, yes. and I went back looking for her. I had to double check it as well. I, wow. I missed she's that in, one you, It's a blink if you miss it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But she's in there. Yeah, it's like as they're coming through the door, and it's like they keep coming, they keep coming, yeah. and I'm going like, is that it? No, too tall. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I. Oh, wow. I think that's her. <laughs> well, like, it's, it's really hard to tell. Well, it's <laughs> Chicago, so you know she had to be in there somewhere. So. Uh, good point. Yeah. Are we ready? Is that why they thought about Gary Sinise for this role? Yes. That's <laughs> one of the big ones. Uh, and John Cusack, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boy. It's Chicago. Where was Piven? Then oh, where that's what was, I was Piven? Say. If it, yeah, that was their yeah, If that, Cusack that, had been there, now, Piven would have been there. He would have been at that party. One so. one last thing before you decide to butcher this movie, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Diana, we're apologizing now. Uh, but his summaries it, are always a bit yeah brutal. Brutal. <laughs> so... I only tell the truth. <laughs> Possible, and, and he was almost cast as Guido the Killer Pimp, but he turned it down, and I couldn't believe this. I had to check three different sources. Sinatra really? was <laughs> on the list, and he wow. actually had tested for it. He screen tested for it, and he turned it down. But, you know, I can see him oh, in yeah. that role. I really I don't, can. Uh, even, even then, because he was probably what, in his 60s at that point or something around like that. There, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he I could still see him. All those I could scenes. still see him oh. heavy with no problems. I, I, just, I, I just can't see him. Joel, baby, sweetheart, we got <laughs> to talk. You know, I just can't see that. Yeah, well, yeah. All I, right. actually, I, I, can, I can see it. All right. All right. All right. Give Buckle us in, something. kids. Here we go. Diana, I know you're not familiar with this, but uh, uh, I, I write my own uh, summaries for these movies. He's he's trying. Uh, he's attempting to get a job with IMDb <laughs> with all those <laughs> other <laughs> awful summaries. And this is guaranteeing it's never going to happen. So, <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, yes, please summarize this movie because <laughs> there are a lot of things going on. There in it. are so many things going on in this movie, but here is my summary. Joel Goodson is a high school student with serious anxiety about getting into college, but luckily for him, his friend Booger, I mean Miles, is there to give him the perfect advice. Every now and then, say, what the fuck? Which I have to say is tremendous advice, personally. This is really great advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? All right. I what? wrote it all down, too. I was like, yeah, what the fuck gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Exactly. He's right. He's he completely is true. right. He's 100% true. All right. With his overbearing parents leaving town, Joel decides to have some fun. After tiring of dancing around in his underwear, talking to his friends about the money they'll make in the future, and letting one of his friends use his room for sex, Joel decides to take the Porsche out for a what-the-fuck ride. But Charles DeMar, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Miles has the idea idea that Joel needs to call an escort. That night, Jackie shows up at Joel's home with a little more uh, than he was bargaining for, uh, but Joel does the right thing and pays Jackie, and in exchange, Jackie gives him Lana's number. After feeling more stressed than ever, Joel calls Lana. That night, she seductively enters Joel's room, or Joel's home, and the two have a cinematically erotic but completely impractical sex scene that I know three of the four of the people on this show watched on a loop in our teen years. The next day, Lana <laughs> is still there, and she reveals that Joel owes her $300. Joel gets the money, but comes home to find out Lana has stolen his mother's crystal egg. So, Joel and Akak, damn it! Miles to track Lana to a fancy hotel, but leave before confronting her. As they are as they are leaving, uh, Lana asks for a ride, but her manager Guido confronts them and chases them around town. They escape and head home for some off-camera fun. But the next morning, Lana won't leave, and Joel still hasn't learned not to leave a sex worker alone in your home. And he comes back from school to find out Lana has set up business in his parents' house. 
He asks her and Vicky to leave, but Guido shows up before they can go and threatens Joel not to make him have to come back. That night, Joel, Barry, and the gals get stoned and go for ice cream, and disaster strikes as his father's Porsche rolls into Lake Michigan. It was so inevitable. Yes. Like the second they say, his dad says, like, don't touch the car. Oh, something bad's going to happen. Absolutely. It's like the the timer has started and you keep waiting for it. And then there's like the chase, they're chasing with Guido and going around corners. And you're like, and now? And now? Now? Well, no, you know, it's. No. Porsche. If you wait. Except no substitute. I mean, come on, you know? All right. The next day at school, Joel gets suspended for an altercation with the school nurse. Joel runs to Lana in order to pay for the damage to the car. Joel and Lana go into business together, so Lana's friends set up shop at Joel's home, and Joel gets all of his high school-aged friends to come over and have sex with prostitutes. I'm sure none of them were underage. Uh, I mean, if you're going to break the law, why not break all the laws at once? Uh, (laughs) As the party progresses, a recruiter from Princeton shows up at the house. And as the interview progresses, Joel has his what-the-fuck moment about college. Business is booming, and Joel and Lana duck out to have sex on a train. In a scene that Lenny Kravitz obviously watched before writing Justify My Love for Madonna, we get our second cinematically erotic but completely impractical sexual encounter. And the party ends... Uh, after the party ends, Joel now has enough money to pay for the car repairs, but when he comes home, the house is completely bare. With two hours before Joel's parents are set to go, be home, Guido has pulled the most Joey Pants move imaginable and holds <laughs> Joel up for all the money made the night before. Uh, Joel and his buddies scramble to get all of his parents' items back in place before they arrive home, but once home, his mother drops the bad news that there is a crack in her crystal egg. But this is countered by the good news that Princeton's recruiter had a wonderful time at the party the night before. <laughs> And is recommending Joel for enrollment. As the movie ends, we see Joel slowly turn cold as he methodically grills Lana as to whether or not Lana set his whole me- this whole mess in motion on purpose. As they walk through the park, we witness the birth of an American psycho as Joel's voiceover reveals the Patrick Bateman he will one day become, and we fade to black. But <laughs> the story is not over. Oh, God. 22 years later, the Crystal Egg reemerges at a charity auction in Newport, California. But Ryan Atwood's brother, Trey, fresh from prison, steals the egg and sells it, which leads Ryan and Seth on a wild mission to retrieve the egg and get it back to the action to the auction before anyone knows it's gone. Just another day in the OC, bitch. Why is it always come back to the OC? That's with my you? second OC reference. Why is it always come back to the damn OC with you? <laughs> because he has trash taste. I love the OC. You will not speak real of that show. Jesus. <laughs> Diana, welcome to our hell. That's okay. Uh, if you want to hear, up in, I grew up in the OC. Well, we there you go. So you know all about it. So. <laughs> no one if, calls it that. I know. <laughs> they do now. Nice. Uh, if you really want to hear a good one, uh, go back and, and listen to our karate kid episode oh god <laughs> no yeah that was it's bad when dave and i look at each other going why are we here <laughs> so right. yeah um i have not seen this movie probably since the 80s sometimes I, I um watched it is it like on television it come up every now and then it, yeah. this was a um, tbs up all night oh yes occasional or the usa yes. up all night usa, yeah. USA yeah. up all night yeah. this is a ronda sheer if there ever was one you know yeah i have one question before we really get into like the nuts and bolts of this whole it. thing mm-hmm. and, and diana your your expertise on this will we will be greatly appreciated uh-huh. has tom cruise ever had a sex scene in a movie that does not imply that he is a robot who is trying really hard <laughs> to prove how human he is by being good at the sex. I mean, it's... <laughs> uh, 
I, I mean, really, you think back to it. Even even when you get into like um, Days of Thunder. Well, no, well, no when that you was get, creepy no, as I hell. Mean, yeah, the, the top, the Top Gun. That top was gun. terrible. Yeah. I mean, you, you even go to like Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, I mean, even that stuff oh, is mechanical and like, oh. yes, I am a human being. I am not a robot. Still, I am here doing the sex just like everyone else. Still Look at the me, worst you know? Christmas <laughs> movie ever. The worst Christmas movie ever. <laughs> we got into that argument a while back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a point on the train where he made a face at made me think he was about to throw up yeah yeah it's just <laughs> yeah um are you okay <laughs> I, I know that on and i think on an episode of laser time uh chris and uh it's me sarah talked about tom cruise like they believe i think chris antista said that he believes that tom cruise is asexual like he just mm. there's nothing sexual okay. about him what, whatsoever re- and i tend to agree what I is mean, he reproduced by fish i don't or something? know is but it's split <laughs> down the middle i mean <laughs> maybe maybe it's a scientology thing i don't oh, you know. know it's just like, <laughs> but don't say that they're watching I'll, you now that's true we're, we're probably gonna <laughs> now, now we're totally doors. banned and we have hit list out on us <laughs> yeah thank thanks you. alan we can never go back to florida <laughs> thanks again buddy i never want to go back to florida all right <laughs> where I'm do like we start on this thing where do we actually begin with this one because there's so much going on here so, I mean, one thing that's like, I remember this as a sex comedy, but yeah, I haven't seen yeah. this since probably the late 80s. Yeah. And I just remember it as a sex comedy and I lump it in with the other sex comedies, you know, not so much Porky's, but Revenge of the Nerds, uh, Better Off Dead. That yeah, kind of okay. yeah. I can see that. Teen yeah. sexish comedies. And I did not notice, oh, this is a satire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got that problem, though, that it's like a really good satire is indistinguishable from praising the thing it's actually yeah. commenting on I, where it's like you you can watch this as like such a takedown of Ray, reagan's america yeah or you can watch it as yeah. a giant praising of this is the american way it's great screw everybody over money's the only thing that's important literally and figuratively oh, that reminds me in <laughs> yeah. that in that scene where they're at the diner and they're talking about like you know getting into college and this and that and everything mm-hmm. i love that his one friend is like yeah you know that like you know Harvard graduates, you know, for the MBA program, start out making forty thousand dollars a year. And I'm like, ha, 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 that's so cute. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with, with inflation, we figured out on thirty twenty ten because we look at stuff thirty years ago. We figured mm-hmm. out yep. money from nineteen ninety two is almost exactly double in twenty twenty two. Well, I so know from something it's be re- a little bit more. So starting out at eighty grand. Yeah, well, it's, it's not, we discovered a few weeks ago by yep. doing something for another podcast that money from like 1982 is about three times. Mm. What, give or take these days yeah because yeah. it was a 500 dollars phone bill that today would have been like oh, 1500 dollars. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Oof. it's give or take yeah. it was insane yeah well and okay so i'll start off with this one i found out that the original title on this was not risky business they had to change this title, and actually, it is said by um, who is the 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 first prostitute that he brought home that before he brought Lana home? Jackie. 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 Yeah. Jackie actually makes the quote that was the inspiration for the title. It was originally going to be called "White Boys Off the Lake." <laughs> I can't make that up. Makes perfect sense. Well, but the it makes one, perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. But the funny thing is, they 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 nixed that idea because they said it sounded too much like a Broadway play. <laughs> That makes sense. Also. I would totally go see Bright White Boys on the Lake. That sounds like a lot of fun. There's so many ways you could go. Uh, I, yeah, know, I know, I know. Yeah. It's a <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it just the the whole premise behind this, and you know, everything taking place in Chicago, everything taking mm-hmm. place not even in Chicago for the most part, but in the suburbs, suburbs of Chicago. Yes, yes, you know, it's you've got the perfect backdrop and settings for these things, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on uh, um, Adventures in Babysitting. Apparently, Chicago was like the default location. If you needed to set a a 
a a kids adventure for, movie oh, or for whatever. for most of the 80s. As yeah, you're saying, the, the 80s, of the 80s. And yeah. I think that was like Hollywood's like, oh, Chicago's in the middle of America. This will be middle America. <clears throat> Yeah. It's still near. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's still near. Used. Right, yeah, it's still near like a big city, but you know yeah. we can set it in the suburbs. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. All the John Hughes stuff. Oh, there's a lake. Every there. single yeah. one make everybody of them. from the farm. Yeah, you know, exactly. move them into the city. So, well, but that yeah. wasn't Chicago. That that was Shermer, Illinois. Yeah, it was Shermer. outside <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, 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 this is so. Glencoe, but they filmed in Highland Park. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the theme of. Don't don't leave the suburbs, white boys. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we the discovered you go downtown. Bad things happen. We yeah. discovered that with Adventures in Babysitting. Yes, <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Oh, you think you're so tough? Yeah, you're the toughest kid in Shermer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, well, I, I want to take a minute. Okay, go right ahead. Talk about the Porsche. Mm. Let's okay, talk about. Let's the talk Porsche. about the Porsche. Mm. I mean, come on. Could, could they have picked a worse model Porsche? The nine twenty eight. This is a 944. No, this was a 928. Was that a 928S? It had a body one. kit. They on used it. one 944 for later on. So this is what Dave and I get into. Alan kind of comes around for the, you know, comes along for the ride, but they <laughs> no actually had four different cars on this one and one 944, and all but one were completely destroyed. In this <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say if that was a, if that was a 928, they put the 44 body kit yep. on it to make it look like a 44. So is anyone buying that that Cadillac DeVille that's like a mile long was keeping up with that Porsche? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Not even one if, left turn and they're gone. And I yeah. know this because my parents had one of those style Cadillacs in the 80s. Those things took forever to turn around, and you were not making a tight had turn it, whatsoever. Had it been the interstate and one big long shot, that maybe the Cadillac would have kept up. But the first time you turn left in that Porsche, yeah. that Cadillac gone. is going to go mm-hmm. three gone. miles past the turn. <laughs> It's true. Uh, but yes, just that and, and to your point, Diana, as far as the you saw it coming. You knew that that was gonna be yeah, like one of the MacGuffins coming. of the movie. Something is gonna have to be a reason for this thing to go on. And they really telegraphed it. Oh yeah. When she goes Big back time. to the car and she goes to get her purse and hits the gear shift and it's like, Oh, yeah, it's gonna here we here go. We go. <laughs> is it, is it yeah. now or is it in thirty seconds to like build the tension? And there it is. But they, yeah. they telegraphed <laughs> it terribly. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that they, they telegraphed it also in dialogue oh, at yeah. the same time she's she's you know got a really good comeback though don't don't lay judgments on me while leaning down da- on your dad's four forty thousand dollar car yes yes just like she's making a really good point about his privilege but mm-hmm. she also just told us the sticker price so <laughs> yes. we know the stakes <laughs> yeah. so the 30 seconds later when it starts to roll we go oh fuck. yeah so, absolutely. so wait a minute we're talking about a movie that was based in chicago that involves a very expensive car that gets destroyed hmm yeah. what does that well, sound like to you so never mad. never heard of another movie like that at all no? <laughs> Kind of, I can't put my finger on it. Let's let's talk about Rebecca De Mornay for a Please. Second. Um, oh my. You know Rebecca De Mornay. You know she kind of got some and a little bit pigeonholed into this role mm-hmm. a little bit because like you know there was this and there was uh, and God created woman. I don't know yes. if you guys ever saw that. Uh, as well as uh, the Slugger's Wife and a few others, where she was yeah. kind of like the sex pot or whatever. You know, the Slugger's Wife, one of the only movies that actually features the Atlanta Braves. Yes, thank you very much. Um, and and it's one of those things that. Especially if you go back and watch The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. She is magnificent in that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay? Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because thinking back, um, I don't know about you guys, but Diana, did you ever watch The Practice? Uh, yeah. You know, okay. Remember, she was in the last season of it when they were introducing like what was going to go on to become Boston right. Legal. Yeah. Although she didn't make the she didn't make the jump over to the new series. Right. Uh, she was a lawyer at that Denny Crane's you know uh, law firm, and. Mm-hmm. 
she did that wonderful thing where she was like this tough as nails, like, don't mess with me. You know, I, I will destroy you in court. But then when she was outside court and dealing with people, she was the most compassionate person. Yeah. And it, it really showed her range of like, not just there. It's, it's there in other places. Going back to And God Created Woman, which was kind of in that. It was kind of billed as a whole like sex comedy thing or whatever, but it wasn't. It was right. like, no, she developed this character that had depth and yeah. had, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I kind of feel like Rebecca de Mornay has kind of been slept on over the years. I, I would so, agree oh, yeah. with that. I would agree with that. I mean, she's definitely had, you know, smaller roles that she's appeared in that have Jessica just, Jones. Yeah. She was in there. Yeah, she was absolutely. wonderful mm-hmm. in there. You know? So, mm-hmm. and, and she knows how she's, she can do comedy. She can do drama. Mm-hmm. She can play, you know, play the serious role, play silly. It, I would agree that she's definitely one that's more of an unsung hero type. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Her background, sorry to interrupt. Her okay, background is kind of nuts, though. Oh, enlightenment. Um, yes. I, 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 yeah. Her dad, she was not raised by him. She was raised by her stepdad. But her <coughs> biological father is a guy named Wally George, mm-hmm. who George. people, especially in the L.A. area or a lot of California, would know is basically Alex Jones before Alex Jones. Oh, oh lovely. Great. He, he was a radio guy who yeah. then had like bad t- public access TV shows late at night where he'd yell about how communists were coming to take everything and only true patriots, blah, 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 blah. blah. Kind of a a, a Morton Downey Jr. type, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, without the skill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that is a sentence I ever thought I would (laughs) No, Morton, he was a pro. He knew what he was doing. He was entertaining. I'll give him that. He was extremely entertaining. He made it it into WrestleMania. I mean, come on, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Wally George was a lot less entertaining. But okay. he was still like, yeah, you turn it on, you're like, oh, what's this psycho talking about now? <laughs> and, and it was like fluoride in the water is turning oh, the frogs yeah. gay oh, kind no. of thing. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but back in like the early 80s, like, oh, wow. oh God. Yeah, I think she, she did not have much to do with it. Okay. <laughs> it might have reconnected eventually, but yeah well and apparently she and and it Tom takes Cruise all kinds, had a right? thing going on during the, the filming yeah. of this they were they were kind of seeing each other kind of off and on which made for some interesting tensions on the set from what i understand so hmm. it I, was yeah, again yeah, you know going back to what i said earlier there just didn't seem to be any real sexual tension between the two of them you know i mean like it wasn't like oh i can see these two yeah. more of a transaction yeah it was, really was uh, and, and i'm not joking like kind of fitting know, don't you think i know i was making a joke about <laughs> About, like towards the end of it where like he very much becomes a Patrick Bateman yeah. type person by the time you get to the end of it well and, and I was like wow that was a that literally was like from the end of the party you know mm-hmm. and, and him you know doing hey I made eight thousand dollars in one night you know and this and that to like the like that last little tagged scene of them walking through the park right. and stuff I'm like does, Time is, your life. is what we're not seeing off screen is where they walk off into the park and he like kills her and <laughs> you know like i don't know i could see it happening with the way his demeanor was at dude that point, you really so. need to get out more you know that we got to get you a date <laughs> and that's the happy ending yeah, exactly. i know exactly <laughs> it's like, well, actually, okay so so since we're on it let's go ahead and talk about it there's a, there was actually two endings oh really i didn't know there was oh, two okay. endings on this okay. um it was a totally different one on this and i have the script here give me just a moment um basically in the original ending on this you know, the whole scene where they're walking in and Joel asked Lana, you know, was our night together just a setup? Yes. And initially she said no. Well, in this one she says no. And then she turns to him and says, why does it have to be, though? So she comes over, sits on his lap and the camera pulls back 
and they're sitting there at dinner, and, and as they're pulling back, you see this view of Lake Michigan, and you realize that they're sitting at the top of the Hancock Building, which is like one of the, the premier buildings in Chicago right. with the best view possible. And when they, they viewed this, it made Joel come across as just this cold-hearted, you know these two are just going to go separate ways and have mm-hmm. nothing to do with each other at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And when they pre-screened that, audiences hated it. They absolutely hated it. They were like, no, this is not what we want. So they reshot the ending so that they did kind of the whole, you know, how much money you got? Yeah, 20, you know, that, that kind little of, yeah. play off of, and they kind of right. walk off into the sunset type thing. And you have the whole time of your life, kid, you know? Right. That scene played better. But it's still. If you go and find the the Blu-ray copy on this, and I think it was on the original DVD too. I'm not sure. They have both endings on there, and it's a totally different feel on that first ending. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's again what I'm saying. Like when they're in the restaurant. Yeah. The way he is there, and again when they get out into the park, you know, it's it, they're trying to lighten it up a little bit. It's it's such a, a it's light cold. switch moment I, yeah. of yeah. I had never really thought about it until you actually mentioned in your summary. This almost feels like a prequel to yeah this is like the rise of patrick bacon Bacon. (laughs) i mean really which you know we know that that christian bale patterned bateman his his portrayal bateman off of tom cruise well you know and everybody talks (laughs) about this movie and what they talk about is tom cruise in his underwear doing right you know the the dance which was totally improv totally improv on the set and how many times have we seen that parodied and stuff oh yeah oh yeah hundreds tons and tons nobody talks about how actually creepy the undertone of the movie is yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah i i agree with that i mean I, again it's it's the difference say between what looking, you will yeah. <laughs> you know it's a uh, well it's like we've said multiple times in this podcast you know it's the difference between looking at these movies in 1983 four five eyes versus looking at them through 2022 eyes totally different well, perspective you know, you know one of the funny things that i noticed rewatching it you know the you know, you see the movie poster or the DVD box or whatever, and it's that picture of him with the sunglasses on with the big smile. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is not the tone of this movie. No. <laughs> stretch of the imagination. Although, because of those sunglasses, because oh, of the this Ray-Bans movie. went up, yeah. 3,000% wow. sale went Whoa. up. Three, th- I had to double check that. I was like, there's no way. But they were, the Ray-Bans had been around for a right. little bit before that, you know, with the military and stuff like that. But the Wayfarers did not sell that well. The only people that wow. were wearing the Wayfarers before that was the Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's, yeah. that was really the <laughs> well, only time that you saw that in movies too much. You know, that increase is on par with the uh, the Navy recruitment after Top Gun. Exactly, and the <laughs> yeah. aviator glasses. Yeah, you know? yeah, but, yeah. That's one thing I wanted to point out. It's like it, it's so strange that I looked at some reviews of the time, and mm-hmm. a lot of fancier film critics were comparing this to The Graduate. Which I think yep. is there's I can see some meat there. I see a little. Oh, I, uh, there's a little bit there. Um, you squint hard enough. But, yeah. <laughs> but then to think it's only three years to Top Gun. Yes. Right. It's like here he is clearly supposed to be a child. You know. Yes. Well, eighteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's he's obviously lost. He doesn't know who he is. Did, did he's preppy as hell, but he's scared of kind of everything yeah this is after the outsiders yes that's how he got the role is it also after um is it everybody's all american or not everybody's all american but um no um uh, you know all the right moves all the right right moves moves. is this after all the right moves is a couple months later yeah i think it came right so we were still but but you're right it moves from like that kind of stuff then you get legend in there somewhere and then and then you're into 
what we know as Tom Cruise yeah. now. But you know, let, it's, let's uh, let's be fair. The only redeeming quality about Legend was Tim Curry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> you drop I mean, Tim Curry into anything, it's going well, to be at least three times better. Than you can was, also so. tell a person's age and where they come from by where they know Tim Curry from. Fair. That's true. <laughs> and, and for me, that's Rocky Horror Picture. Show. Exact same here. Was, yeah. in the, yeah. was in the cast for almost three years, baby. I understand. So actually, I guarantee you don't look as good in fishnets, though. You have no idea. <laughs> I do look good in, in denim, though. I make a damn cute Columbia. Shut there up. You go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. I love it. Diana's laughing. I figured you were going to go with Eddie, maybe. You know, it's oh, I did play Eddie. But uh, actually, Diana, yeah, this is... Yeah, I was thinking Eddie, too. Yeah. Oh, I've, yeah, I've done Eddie. I've t- yeah, you know, I've only, there's only two characters that I never played. I never played Janet, and I never played Magenta. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. Fair enough. But uh, I'm not going to be able to sleep. (laughs) You're welcome. That's a couple of visuals. You were hoping to get stuff done anyway, Dave. You didn't need sleep. (laughs) So, Diana, actually, this one's just for you because I I, Mm -hmm. I know what a huge fan you are of classic cinema. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're probably the most versatile person on that that I've ever spoken with. No, there is actually a a premise on this that this movie was based off of uh, Bertolucci's uh, The Conformist. Hmm. Because this is kind of the satire of capitalism wrapped up in a teen comedy. And The Conformist okay. was a political drama that was kind of wrapped up in the whole 40s fascist regime type thing. And yeah. I was like, that's really interesting. I, I, I kind of want, I haven't seen The Conformist yet, but I kind of want to go back and see that just to see what kind of parallels there are on this. But I saw that showing multiple different places that they were citing this as a, uh, um, an inspiration for it or huh. kind of a takeoff of it. I mean, I, I see the parallels in that they're both about young men, you know, hit, hitting manhood and having no idea who they are. Right. And kind of just going whichever, whichever way the wind is blowing, just trying to figure it out. Mm. Isn't that like men um, their entire lives? <laughs> yeah, isn't that men, comma all? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's what's so weird about this when you're so used to seeing, you know, Tom Cruise after Top Gun, he's so cocksure and everything. And mm. in this, like, he's he's yeah, just anxious about everything well and he got the baby yeah, fat. he's getting he got the chubby little baby fat too. From, yeah. he's getting advice from booger and balky i yes, mean I know. Hey. <laughs> and, and, okay and and That's i have amazing. to say this <laughs> and they're doing better with women than he is yes. true and the poker scene i yes. have to bring okay, this yeah, up. let's talk about the poker scene. i have so. never seen okay i am not a smoker of any form and have never been in my life but i've had many friends of mine that have been cigarette cigar other substances uh, have basically been involved. Why are you in pointing at me? <laughs> <laughs> Has there ever been somebody that destroyed a cigar worse? Oh, that was terrible. In a I didn't film that. than Curtis Armstrong chewing the ever-loving oh. hell out of the oh, end of that cigar. Man. And, and the thing is, if you notice, he had tobacco on the side yes. of his cheek. I noticed that immediately. I was like, dude, seriously, get I, that I, thing out of his mouth. I, I honestly ridiculous. think that he mistake he mistook the cigar. For like a rope of chew, I am, I don't know, but it just yeah, I agree. he turned it into a cheroot. I was like, what uh, the hell that, is this? Yeah, but that that kind of works because they're pretending to be adults. Absolutely, yeah. well that's absolutely. just it. and you can tell that's that exactly. you know he has absolutely no idea what nobody the hell he's doing, at that you know? table knew mm-hmm. what to do with a cigar. <laughs> None <laughs> of them. It just it was one yeah. scene that stuck out in my mind. I was just like, I cannot. I, this is so difficult to watch. This. You know? Yeah, there that you know, and it's 
you know, and, and that leads into the talk that he has yes. with Miles, you know, and uh, again, that that whole sometimes you just got to say what the fuck, you mm-hmm. know, and that even way back when I watched this movie, I remember because I was you know, was a teenager the last time I saw it, and I was like. I think that's actually pretty good advice. (laughs) (laughs) And now as an almost 50-year-old man, I'm like, no, that's excellent advice. I mean, (laughs) mean, we see it advance on into SFW. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Very true. Very Gen X motto. (laughs) And I found out also that there was one other scene, other than the the underwear scene, there's one other scene that uh, Brickman actually allowed Tom Cruise to kind of improv on one line. And it was so perfect that he's like, he's got to keep it in there. Do you remember the scene where after the um, the the recruiter leaves mm-hmm. and uh, Lana comes in the room and goes, "So how we do?" and he sends and goes, "Looks like University of Illinois." Yes, that <laughs> face that was just completely ad lib, and, and I, he threw that out there. And I noticed that that felt a little out of place. Yes, you know, it was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, but so, but is somebody the AI is learning? Okay, here we go. It's like, <laughs> is but but is somebody who lived in Illinois for a while not far from that place? Yeah, it it kind of fit actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like well. you're looking for any opportunity to get the hell away from it, but you know. <laughs> He had 11.57 SAT and a 3.14 GPA. What the hell? I don't know if he can get into University of Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Definitely. Even hey, the hey. recruiter says, you know, he's going through like, all this stuff. And he's why like, why did he even come here? I know. Like, you had his file and be like, dude, I'm well, sorry. I think no. they mentioned somewhere in the movie that his dad had a I friend. Think, I think yeah. it was something. Right. Who was doing him a solid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he actually says that during that 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 time because yeah because at the end of it when his dad comes back and says hey we heard from yeah was it bill i think was his name something, something like, like that yeah. he's like yeah you're getting into princeton you know type thing it's like hey i guess we all know what we have to do in order to get into princeton now so, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> he said get the, the recruiter bar. laid yeah. exactly <laughs> most likely either repeatedly. that or, or have your parents <laughs> yeah. tell them that you're a rower or something yeah. i don't yeah. know it's a- <laughs> Photoshop yourself in exactly yeah uh, and i love it's not just you got accepted to princeton it's you know Princeton could use a man like mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which just sounds so creepy. When which, that is, which means he's going to be their new party plan. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what he's thinking. Like he's going to be rolling in dough until the feds catch up to him. So. The <laughs> official campus pimp. Exactly. Good job. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, well, then you know what we got to do? We got to do a double feature with this and the social network, just going back to back. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of robots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right. So, oh, man. I, look, I know, I know his Gen Xers were nihilistic and all, but Jesus Christ, that is. <laughs> hey, man, you set the bar. I just jumped over it, all right? <laughs> all right, so let's, let's, let's talk about the music. Yeah, I was about okay, to say, let's get into the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. this soundtrack. I love Hold every on. stop. Okay. <laughs> you two have been talking way too much. All right, go, Dave. Give Miss Diana <laughs> a chance sorry, to go. go first. Yes. Go right ahead. Oh. Oh, well, we're talking about Tangerine Dream. Yes. yes. Speaking of Legend. <laughs> yes. I hate their music in Legend. I love it in this. Oh, my gosh. It was just... It's it was perfect. Like, it was perfect for the film, honestly. Yeah, there's a certain amount of, like, like a weird Japanese influence yes. to mm-hmm. it. Just sort of the little plinky kind of sounds. And, yeah, I'd somehow totally forgotten about this. It's like, this is basically a techno score. And I like it, in a lot worked. of ways, it yeah. works so well with the way that it was setting up because it did kind of have that mid '80s feel to it through the entire thing, and it just kind of kept pushing the movie well, on. Again, especially thinking about this being '83, yeah. Uh, of course, you know we're full on new wave yeah. at this point, but mm-hmm. it also makes sense with like like you said with that that mechanic. It's very mechanical. 
like the music. Mm. I mean, it's it's good, but it's very you know synth driven, and, yep. and you know it's it's kind of that that you expect you know, to see it's a guy synthetic, you know, basically, yeah. and it makes perfect for this era. Sounds like it was done on a Casio. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, and. <laughs> I, I love that type of stuff now. I didn't yeah. dig it so much back then, but now I'm like, no, no, no. I, this this puts me in a place in time. Well, and so. the funny thing is, if you go back and look at the actual listings that were on this soundtrack, I've got them right here. Oh, yeah, there we my go. Man, uh, was already on it. You know, of course, everybody knows it was Bob Seger and Silver Bullet right. Man yeah. with Full Time Rock and Roll. But you also had Muddy Waters, yes. which is that Chicago mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. with yeah. the Manish mm-hmm. Boy. Manish Boy. You yep. had Jeff Beck yes. with the Pump. You had Prince on here with yes. DMSR, yes. Yes. and you had oh. Journey after the fall. Phil Collins in the air tonight, yep. yes. and Love yep. on a Real Train. Oh, that's sorry, Tangerine Jam. Yeah, yeah there's yep. <laughs> some. But there are some songs that were left off the soundtrack. That's that true. Incredible songs. You had Hungry Heart by Springsteen. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. had Every Breath You Take by the Police. I missed that one. And let us not forget Talking Heads doing Swang. Yes. That was it. And I was like, oh my God, they're doing the freaking talking heads in here. Yes. Give me more of that. <laughs> you know? And the fact that those didn't make the soundtrack, I was shocked when I went back and looked at it. And and that's not unusual though. I mean, we, we how many how many movies have we covered on here where we talk about the soundtrack and they were like, Oh yeah, and, and then, then you always get there was all this other music. You guys get mad at me because yeah. then I'm listing off the songs that got left off the soundtrack. That's well right in with the No, we're not mad at you. We're mad that they were left off. <laughs> that's what we're mad at. <laughs> When we did Back to the Future and they were covering all the old 50s hits and I'm like, yes, yeah. give me more of this, please. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah. when you can't you talk. You know what's weird about, oh, I'm yep. sorry. No, no right, please right, jump right. in. All right. <laughs> no, but um, the thing that, the setup to the old time rock and roll scene, I mm-hmm. always, I, I totally forgot about. Like, in, in context, it's so much better than it is as just, you know, a little clip or a parody or whatever, because right before that is dad talking about the freaking equalizer yes, on yes, the fancy yes. stereo. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, that's such an 80s, 70s thing mm-hmm. of like this very, this very stereo. high-tech equipment. I, I still yeah. have all my 80s stereo equipment out in the garage that I'm hoping <laughs> to be able to turn the garage into another room and set it all back up again. Just promise me you're not going to dance in your underwear. Promise me. Nobody wants that. Promise me. my wife. So let's just not do that. Uh, yeah, that that was, and I love the way his dad approached that. Yeah, where he brings him in, and he's playing you know the, the classical music, and he's like, "Tell me what's wrong with this," and it's a total setup. We've all had that moment with mm-hmm. our dad. Like, Tell me what's wrong with this. It's like, oh crap, what did I do? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> and he's complaining yeah. about too much bass. Yeah, that's the whole thing. There's too much bass. He pulls it all the way down and puts just a little bit. It's well, like, oh my goodness. And, <laughs> and and we would be remiss if we didn't spend at least a little bit of time of talking about at least the two biggest songs that came off of this soundtrack. I mean... Old time rock and roll. Uh, as much as that song's come become cringy to me, I know. I, it's it's still, it's a classic. You hear it, you immediately go to Tom Cruise dancing around in his underwear singing into a candlestick. At least we hope it was a candlestick. Anyway, um, but it just that scene has become so iconic. Yet, for me... If you're going to talk about risky business, it's in the air tonight. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that song, oh my gosh, that I takes had you, forgotten yeah. that that was in here. Mm-hmm. Like I just rewatched this last night, and as soon as it started, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this now." You know, but then it fades out before they actually get into the. Well, and it's thing, funny you say that because yeah. for the longest time, you know, after seeing this movie years later, I kept associating that song with Miami Vice. Exactly, Vice. exactly. And yeah. then went back and actually saw the movie again, and I was like, "Oh crap, I forgot it!" And it was in that scene too. Right, you know, right. yeah. And not you know, to mention uh, back when there weren't security cameras on the 
trains. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a security guard on no, the exactly. train. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, I think didn't they like stop the train, get the 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 drunk guy off, off the train, him off. set him off the train. Yes. It's, it's like, it's sorry, it, dude, yeah. trying to get laid. Get yeah, off of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that. Uh, but I mean, is this one of the most iconic soundtracks of all time? No. Eh, I, I I don't think so. But I do think that there are elements of it that you hear and you're gonna go back. Oh, absolutely. In the air tonight, the Tangerine Dream song when they're on the train. Absolutely. You, you I mean, can't hear that without seeing that you know, train going by. Bob you know? Seger obviously had been around for a while. Per, you know, oh, God, yes. To this, and it had many, many hits. Yep. But old time rock and roll was probably his biggest and most well known. I definitely after, think it, yeah, this, after this that shot time, it up. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, granted, you know, when he did like, you know, the stuff for uh, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, that became on but that old time rock and roll seems to be the go to for him for most people when you say Bob Seeger. That or Night Moves, one of the two. Yeah. Um yeah. um and it's funny because I remember reading an article years ago with Bob Seeger when they were talking about the song that when it was printed because he did not write the song no. initially. No, it, wasn't it was only. brought to him by his manager and it was all about like literally like the lyrics were stuff like, you know, Chuck Berry did this and you know Little Richard did that, blah blah blah. And he was like, okay I'll do the song, but we are going to go in for a complete rewrite <laughs> on this. The only thing they kept with the original lyrics was the the old time rock the, and the roll hook. part of yeah. it. All the verses were completely rewritten to what we know today. So. Okay, hmm. well, I have to bring it up because uh, you know we always talk about it at the end of, or towards the end of these is sequels, remakes, no, prequels, no, no, all no, of those no, types no. of things. We did get a sequel to this. It's called American Psycho. I, well, <laughs> I did some <laughs> digging. I looked in multiple sources. I couldn't find a single thing that was saying that they were going to remake this movie. Thank God. And thank right. God yeah. for that because they, I think it, it definitely falls into that. You can't make this today. Absolutely, no. absolutely. Because yeah, the idea of here's. We're, we're going to give a bunch of kids experience with sex workers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my husband walked in while we were watching, you know, big party scene. And he said it looked like a bar mitzvah in there. <laughs> like, well, everyone's know, 13. <laughs> well, you know, there's that one scene. It's just like a little, like, interstitial, you know, where there's that one kid who's obviously a yeah, lot younger, younger than everyone else sitting younger. on the edge of the couch and the two women are sitting there with him and he gets he looks over and smiles at him and gets up and just walks away yeah you know and i was like oh it's worms please are, it's don't worms are the nerds, i know but i'm just know? like please don't let this go where i think it's going to go yeah, because no. i no. oh i'll never be able to watch this no. off of me so. yeah and there is a very important scene that is missing from this which okay. is where another any girl at that high school hears about this. Oh, I know. Because believe me, <laughs> they're all going to hear probably that night. I, I was surprised none of no girls started showing up thinking, oh, this is just a rager at Joel's yeah, house. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And when they find out, like, every guy that they know has just decided, this... oh, it's cheaper than dating to just oh. go to a sex worker. <laughs> like, That's my thing. time okay. is not pleasurable to spend. Let's all go to a movie together. No, no, no. You just want to fuck me. I'm glad you brought oh that up. Oh my God, there would be murders. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you brought you, you reminded me of that because I was I, watching the movie when he's sitting in that diner with those other two kids and he's going through. So how much did you spend on, on dinner? How yeah. much did you spend on this? Blah blah. And what oh, happened? Yeah. Oh, she went and she had sex with somebody else. Hey, you were already sixty dollars in. Mm. Hey, maybe you can. I was like, wow. It's the used wow. car sales for hard sell is what it was. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you guys watch this streaming on HBO no. where it has a little intro. No. 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 From, from Turner Classic Movies talking about costuming. 
And oh, cool. All right. I, I had not even noticed they point out that like the whole movie, he is dressed as the most preppiest of preppies with his little boat shoes and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where he, he is now dressed casual in that scene. All of a sudden now he's got a T-shirt with a sport coat on over it, which is like a perfect 80s look. Yes. Sunglasses at night selling this kid on like, yeah, women are commodities. So you should just pay up front. So he had a Michael Corleone moment where the camera spun around and all of a sudden he became yep. a villain. Yep. Okay. Well, you all know, right. I like see that. Yeah. I really I really liked the scene at the party yep. between Joel and Miles on the front lawn. And I don't mm-hmm. pay. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, this is I, I'm doing okay for myself. I'm I'm good." You yeah. know, kind of think where it's like Oh, look, not only does he give advice, he also has like some pretty good like, hey, I don't need to do this. OK, this is <laughs> like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. You guys go have fun. I'm going yeah, to be I'm here. Good. I won't but, smoke my yeah. pipe. I'll be all right. But so. what's worse yeah, about my, it? My half pipe. I'm yeah, good. exactly. Yeah, but, what, but what's worse about it is he's the one who put Joel on this path. It's yeah. true. It's this yeah. is his idea. Oh, here's a little. Here was here was one little uh, continuity error I found. Oh, God. OK, just one. When, well, but this is one that really for me, because I always went the weird stuff. Uh, when when Miles calls Jackie, okay, and he's like, okay, call him, you know, and Joel's like, no, call him back, okay, call her back, you know, right. stop it, stop it, stop it, and he takes the number and he swall and he chews oh, it up yeah. and swallows it, but mm-hmm. then that later in a voiceover, he says when Miles is not there. Mm-hmm. Joel says that he called Jackie to find out where Lana lived. And it's like, wait a second, uh, you didn't have the number because Miles swallowed it. Well, how did you find? I, I sure he could have gone to. The, I can the, justify the, that. He could go to there's the newspaper. There's no redial. Exactly. In 1983. Exactly. But at that point, he had had a face to face with Jackie. Did she leave? But did she leave her number? No, she, no, left, she left Lana's, Lana's number. Yeah. Left Lana's number, but so, there's nothing to say that in that interaction out of scene that it maybe. couldn't have happened. It's a head I know. It's yes. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about Jackie? Sure. Yes. I love Jackie. Yes. 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 I was. My memory of this is that Jackie is a punchline. You know, they call a girl right. out of the the back of the personal ads. Right. And. Jackie shows up, who mm-hmm. is a black trans woman, mm-hmm. and I remember there being like, oh my god, there's a guy in a dress in my house, he's gonna kill me, he's mm-hmm. a psycho. And That wasn't there. That's not there no, at no, all. They the treat slightest. Jackie, Jackie is a real nice person, mm-hmm. she's treated with respect, she never gets misgendered. No. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. calls her her, no yeah. matter what. I was like, and then they call her back later, like, asking for advice, getting some help. Well, Jackie she, is a fucking star. She yeah. took it as kind of like a, a no harm, no foul, too. You know, it's like, yeah. clearly, I'm not what you're looking for. Right. So right. let me get let me steer you in the right direction. Yes. There yeah. was a mutual so. respect. Yeah, yeah absolutely. After yeah. the initial shock. And she also didn't hold him up for I mean, like, she no. was like, hey, look, my time, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, very. And even he said, no, that's reasonable. That's it was yeah, no problem. Here you go. Yeah, you know? You know? yeah. I need car fare. I came all the way from downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. fair. My time is worth this amount of money. Exactly. Yeah. You know? that was, yeah, I, I, I noticed was, that as well. I was, like, yeah. I was shocked. <laughs> Jackie yeah. is Especially such a nice person. for this era. Yeah, very <laughs> good. No one uses the F slur. Yes, no, I know. No, no, yeah. God, that's something we've run into quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Doing oh, yeah. these movies, just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're into that again. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, how one word can kill a perfectly great movie. Look, you know? I always go back, most people won't remember this. Uh-oh. But if you go back and watch the movie Johnny Be Good, Anthony Michael Hall. Do and, I have uh, to? <laughs> but no, the opening scene, uh-huh. the the uh, speech that the coach gives them in the locker room, uh-huh. he uses that slur probably 15 times uh-huh. oh, in that opening sequence. And I'm like, 
Wow. Talk about a movie that could be canceled today with yeah. problems. I mean, it's yeah. just like, wow, goodness. Well, you know? okay. So that segues in. We'll, we'll, we'll go around the room kind of wrapping up here. Okay. Final thoughts on this. Is it rewatchable? Is it something that you're going to, you know, does it deserve all the credit that it gets? Do you think it's overhyped? You know, what, what's your final thoughts on it? We'll start with you, Alan. Okay. Um, I did not enjoy this movie as much as I remembered it being. Okay. I didn't remember. It, it, it wound up, it had pacing issues. It okay. was really slow in yeah. some areas. And mm. I just, again, kind of like what you said, Diana, you know, I remembered it being, oh, it's a sex comedy from the 80s. And then like watching it, I'm like, this is not a sex no. comedy. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a lot more serious than I remember it being. Even if, if it is a parrot, you know, if it is a satire, it still is like, wow. They really, like, right, these Tom Cruise and Rebecca de Mornay are really playing this very seriously. Right. Um, I, I, if someone asked me to be on their podcast and talk about this, I'd probably go back to rewatch it just to talk. To talk. <laughs> but I, I can't see it, it's it's definitely not one of Tom Cruise's better movies, right? Um, and um, it's an interesting timepiece. Okay, it really it's a very interesting timepiece, but just not my thing. Fair, Dave, Dave. What do you think? So you and I have very different opinions on what timing issues are <laughs> because I believe in leaving coming from the video editor here yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I believe in leaving space in the movie for the, the storyline to be able to breathe. breathe and expand but that being said this isn't one that I would have probably gone back and rewatched unless we were doing this episode mm-hmm. and remakes you, you can't yeah no I just no, no. And I remember, I think this movie is probably remembered more for that one short scene of Tom Cruise dancing in his underwear to old time rock and roll mm-hmm. than the rest of the movie is actually remembered. Yeah. I, I think it's known for one scene and one scene only, and everybody forgets everything else that's attached to it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll say that with me, is it rewatchable? Possible? I mean, it's one of those things you, you, I think every now and then you have to go back and rewatch bad movies to remind you that they're bad movies. And, <laughs> you know, this is definitely, because it's yeah. really easy to get wrapped up in the nostalgia aspect of it and forget, no, this was a shitstorm of a movie, okay? And there, I, I love the soundtrack. I loved the, the way that, you know, there, there's so many good things about this movie, but there's so many just horrendously bad things about it that it just... <laughs> I'm just, it's a difficult watch all the way around. It's definitely not something that I'm going to be breaking out every year and say, hey guys, come over, let's watch Risky Business, yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, I just, I think that I would be intrigued to see a a a, a sequel to this. I'd love to see what happens now, with Joel and like with 40 Lana. years later. 40 years later, <laughs> how did that affect their lives? Yeah. You know, where are they at now with this? I think that would be interesting. A remake or a prequel? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. All right. So, Diana, we're going to give you the final word on this. Yes. Is it going to be a clean sweep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, would I recommend this to people? Just, hey, want to watch a movie? No. No, I wouldn't because. It gets into very uncomfortable territory all over the place. It does have some things that I was not expecting that were like better than expected, like how Jackie is treated, Mm -hmm. then treating sex work as work. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually, yes, this is her job and he doesn't necessarily judge her for it. Like no one gets, you know, called a dirty whore or anything. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate it. I think if you come at it as this is a satire about 80s capitalism, then it plays really well with that in mind. And especially because of our distance from the 80s, 
everything that's dated about it ends up working for it. Like in a weird way, it make, makes me think of RoboCop. I can see that. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Because, Absolutely. Because RoboCop was taken at face value a lot by a lot of people at the time. And then you watch it now, it's 80s niche. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the 80s ishness of it all I'd buy that for ends a dollar. up help, yeah. helping the parody of 80s commercial you know right. super consumerism right. so that, that's a good and, and 80s-ness, yeah. Yeah, like it, if you made this today and everyone looked like it was 2022 it wouldn't hit because yeah. it the 80s adds to the satire i guess so yeah, I think my big thing is if you have nostalgia for this, you probably haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> I think that's that, that is the a most good astute statement yeah, to make right that, there. That is you know? very much. That's okay. a nice summary. Mm, if you, if you really get nostalgic, is. go back and just listen to the soundtrack. The yes, soundtrack is so yeah. much better than the movie that's itself. Fine. That's know? fine. So, Well, I guess we need to wrap this guy well, up. Well, before we get out of here, since I have... Diana Goodman on here, we're going to do a birthday mm-hmm. quiz. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> How did I know? All right. Uh, Awesome. Diana, you and Barry are going to go head to head on this. I get thrown into this because (laughs) Because you you will be the the trivia guy. Damn it. All right. Uh, I will go ahead and apologize up front. I could not find as much on this person as I wanted to, but I think I got enough here. Born August 9th, 1958. So she is turning 63. Okay. Originally from Winter Park, Florida, she studied acting at New York City's Neighborhood Playhouse. She got her first break in 1982 on All My Children. Demi Moore. From no, from good, good, good guess. Yeah. Uh, from there, she had a few roles in movies, but found her real success on television. She transitioned behind camera in the early '90s, and since then has found great success as a director. I'm going to go as a director. She has done episodes of Veronica's Closet, The Jamie Foxx Show, Two Girls, A Guy in a Pizza Place, Jesse, Darman and Greg, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Reba, George Lopez, and Mad TV. Wow. Okay. Movies that she has appeared in. Well. She hasn't done a whole lot of a movie, but she was uh, she had a bit part in Protocol. She was in Fraternity Vacation. She was in the TV movie Here Comes the Monsters. She was in one of my favorite 90s B-movies, The Doom Generation. Okay. She has oh. a role in the upcoming movie Bros. Oh, anyone, shoot. anyone, anyone, anyone? I really want to watch Bros, too. It looks good. <laughs> I, I really want to see yeah. that movie. I love Billy Eichner. All um, right. Wow, my brain has been stuck on Meg Ryan for some reason, but I don't think that's No. Right. Her biggest movie role was in the 1985 movie Fright Night. Oh, um, 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 um. Crap. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 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 um. All right, this one's going to give it away. And her biggest role that everyone knows her from is from the television show Married with Children. Katie Seagal. Nope. Katie Seagal. No. Oh, Christina Christina Applegate. Nope. Oh, oh, oh. oh uh, chicken head. What's her name? Chicken name. <laughs> Fuck. Marcy. 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 Amanda Beers. Amanda, yeah. Amanda Beers. <laughs> oh. ah. Thank you, Diana. I don't feel so bad now. Uh, here you go. Here's Damn. something else I did I find out. She did all that directing. Wow. She, oh, her directing, like you go yeah. and look at her IMDb on directing, is like at least twice as large as her acting wow. stuff. Nice. Um, she appeared as as Marcy mm-hmm. uh, Rhodes slash Darcy, Darcy in two non-Married with Children related 
episode or uh, episodes of television. One of them was in 1990s, the Earth Day special, which was mm-hmm. I think was something that went across a whole bunch of like networks. You right. know, yeah, I, I vaguely remember mm-hmm. it cross network. Yeah. But then in 2001, she appeared on the show, uh, the television show Nikki as Marcy, uh, Marcy, yeah, Marcy. Nikki had so many weird yeah, little. I know, and I was yeah. like, oh wow. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, Amanda Beers' birthday is wow. August ninth. So, well, happy and birthday, I love her. I have always loved her. So <laughs> yeah, she's someone that's like. I mean, all she did was take abuse on oh, married know, with children. She was so good at it. I, know. I, I love that when the roads are first introduced, that like they're like Reagan era uh, yeah, Republicans, Reagan, you know. And, like, Reagan-ish. and then by the time that like she's with Jefferson later, she's all like hardcore Democrat. And, like, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's amazing what Steve will do. Yeah, well, you know. You know. <laughs> and, and, can we, and can we just admit that um, I love. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. next door neighbors are completely ripoffs. Oh, yeah. of the Darcys. Well, it's well, the roads, not the Darcys. The roads, not the Darcys. The Darcys. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're such awful yuppies. Um, yes, they are. And Julie's uh, driving. I don't no, no. know. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna get out of here. Diana, where can everyone find you? They can find me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or every single week on the podcast 302010, where we look at movies, TV, music from that particular week, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. And we are hitting some Gen X milestones, yes, damn it. Yes, we are. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh my. Uh, let's see. We got, I don't know when this is going up, but very shortly, uh, singles. Oh, yes. yes, it is. Singles is about to turn 30. And we also that. have the the debuts of the Ben Stiller show and Larry Sanders show. So it's Janine Garofalo all over the place. Hey, <laughs> there's nothing more, more Gen X than Janine Garofalo. Very I true. Mean, that is just very true. Straight up. So awesome. Uh, for us, you can go check out. We'll have links in, you know, in, in the... Um, and show notes. notes. I'll get it out. Sorry, it's been a long day already. <laughs> uh, for all of our social media, we you know Discord, uh, Instagram, as well as I think Dave, are you still running the Facebook page? Yeah, we've kinda. still okay. kind of. It's there. We haven't done a whole lot with it. So, so uh, but we'll also yeah. put links up for thirty twenty ten um, yes. as well as well as just laser time in general. And uh, cool. we thank you so much for coming. Yes. You have no idea thank how much so of an much. honor this is for me, especially. Oh, same here. I have I have been with thirty twenty ten almost from the very beginning. Like I was a few weeks in when I discovered it. So. I was like, okay, oh so yeah, so I've been along through all of all the changes wow. and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, because we're on year seven. Yes, <laughs> yes, and we do uh, it every week. What was it? I can't four, imagine four different co-hosts. On yeah, that something one? like four or five different co-hosts. Yeah, yeah, but Diana's yeah, been a constant. So. Yeah. I, yeah, well, so. because if I don't get to do classic corner, I might die. You oh, dude, what? I love the classic. That is my stuff. favorite. Because I, yeah. I have to. That was a, a stipulation when I joined. Was like, oh, I'll do this. And actually, but there was... has to be some point where I can talk about movies from seventy-five years ago, and all you shut up. Yeah. And then every now and then I get real fun, where it's like, we have a hundred-year-old movie, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Drop in. I think, hey, there... and I will say, because of you, every year as the Fourth of July is rolling around, I think about Olivia De Havilland, about you hey. know, you know, and I was like. Yeah, I had no clue because I love going. I love that movie. I got all the kitsch to it and everything. I grew up. My mom loved the movie, so I grew up as a kid watching it every year when it would be on television mm. two nights, mm-hmm. you know. And so I did not realize she was still alive when when yeah. when she was. I know she's passed since, and but it was just like every year I was like, oh shit, she's over a hundred years old now. Well, I like, never thought anyone from that no. movie was still alive. And it, it was actually because of Diana's classic corner yeah. that, I, that I actually reached out to her in the first place because of a conversation that she and I had about the monkey's head. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> well, oh. the weirdest damn movie ever. So I have amazing. to say, I've been, I've been amiss at not listening to your podcast, and I apologize. Shame, 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 shame this man, shame, shame, this man. shame. <laughs> I have been shamed, but now them talking about the classic corner, I think I'm definitely going to yeah. have to buy into that because I love those old movies and, and hey, all of that stuff. And I know from this year, just talking about the summer of 82. Yeah. Oof. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we, we did an episode earlier this year about the films of just 1982 in general. And it's just, mm-hmm. again, a murderer's row of like, wow, all this stuff came out right. within just a few months of each other. Yeah. It's amazing. How, how so, did Blade Runner and The Thing came out on the same, same day? day. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the same day? Yeah. What? <laughs> While Star Trek Two is still in theaters? I know. Like, oh I know. I know. Well, there was one that we covered. This <laughs> then you have Poltergeist yeah. lingering out there that's, as well yeah. as, you know. That's coming up. Yeah. E.T. is still there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, uh, all um, in the same summer. I know it's it's so crazy just to look at all that stuff. So, oh, Secret of Nim, Secret, Secret of Nim, was Nim. Released that same yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. hidden classic right I there. Know. Yeah, uh, I think we're doing another. We've been doing a bunch of episodes of just focusing on those. I think mm-hmm. um, it, a nice contrast that going right from risky business. I'm going to go talk about Fast Times at Richmond High. Yes. Oh, that's right. Like, that's right. Mm, yeah. mm. Interesting. And then I'm trying to sell everyone on y'all have to watch Tootsie. Oh, of course. I don't know if I can sell it. Oh. <laughs> Such a great movie. You know, I it's so damn funny. I can't remember the last time I saw them. It's, that's going back in the '80s somewhere. I remember seeing it and and, and yeah. kind of being too young to understand what exactly was happening. I forgot but, Bill Murray was in it. I oh, genuinely God, forgot Bill Murray was so in it. I went funny. back and watched it, and I was like, "Oh my God, this guy's hilarious!" Yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of helped break him between yeah. that and Meatballs. Of like, oh yeah, we can put this guy in movies. He's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's Absolutely. so funny. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna have to get out of here now. Diana, thank you so much for coming on here, and uh, hey, I mean this this truly has been an honor for me and Same all here. of us. Yes, yes. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, we're gonna head out, and uh, I guess we're probably gonna have a little old time rock and roll on the way out of this thing. So. Do we gotta? Oh come on! Uh, maybe I'll throw in some tangerine dreams. There you go. There you go. No, 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 no. In the air tonight. That's what we're oh, going with. That's the true it. Patrick Bateman song right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave, and I'm Barry. And we are joined by Anna Goodman. And we will see you next time. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> <laughs>